Greetings, friends. So, this practice, this process, this entry, I like to refer to uh, Dhamma practice, not so much as Dhamma practice, but as entry. It just changes some of the attitudes we have about making something happen, making something work, getting better at this, getting better at that, uh, which has some relevance, but can always make you feel you're not quite doing good enough and you can't quite manage it. And it's just a matter of constantly dealing with obstacles that arise (laughs) internally and externally. You're constantly practicing with various other problems and issues that occur. Where, where do you get some? Where do you get? Where do you get a rest here? <laughs> and uh, so, when the Buddha gave his Satipatthana teaching, it's quite uh, noticeable when he introduces saying, "This I teach for the for the elimination of suffering and stress, for the ending of sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair, for the purification of beings." Most deeply compassionate, deeply compassionate and caring. This this is not, this is very just right on the mark, you know. Somebody just does not want you to suffer, saying, here's a a something, you know. And in that beautiful teaching, it's just saying, just look at this, look at that, be aware of this, be aware of that, notice how this changes. Because how that changes, this comes and goes. Just, just stay in that perspective. And Satipatthana is particularly beautiful because it says, you know, when you're walking around, when you're scratching your head, when you're doing your chores, you know, when you're sitting in meditation, whatever you're doing, you know, <laughs> all of it. So it doesn't, it's not saying you've a command that you've got to be aware all the time. It's just you are aware all the time. Otherwise, it wouldn't be an experience if you weren't aware of it, right? Now, in that frame of reference, which now covers your whole life, yeah, it covers your whole life, yeah, just kind of being able to kind of sense and get a handle on how to moderate just by acknowledgement of change. So, so such a simple basic teaching acknowledgement, arising factors, passing factors, arising and passing factors. This is a sensation. This is just staying in the body, which probably, although it's an easy thing to say, most of us, it is a bit of a challenge because our heads take over living in the abstract world. And so it's so important just spending time to get back to that grounded basis, which is the door into direct experience. And it doesn't mean we're, we're ignoring aspects of our life, but we're actually coming to meet what happens in terms of the other establishments, feeling, feeling of pleasure, pain, emotional feeling, stressed, unhappy, worried, anxious, excited, 
and then the craving that occurs around that, the resistance that occurs around that experience of feeling things. You're saying you, you don't have to resist it or not have it. Just see if you can, by establishing yourself on this clear foundation, is it possible? Is it possible with some encouragement to acknowledge you don't like it, you don't want it, but it happens? Is it possible to generate, extend your awareness to a spaciousness which allows that feeling to be felt, arise, pass? For most of us it isn't at first, because when a feeling arises, the chitta immediately rushes to it and tries to stop it or make more of it. Yeah. I don't feel happy, what should I do about it? Uh, I feel pretty unhappy, what should I do about it? Uh, I felt happy yesterday, I won't have it again. Uh, you know, it's not just physical, the emotional basis that runs through this experience of being human. And obviously it can be so overwhelming, many people just shut it off altogether. And go, that's why we go up in our heads, don't have to feel anything. It will numb out, and that's pretty horrible. Because then we lose empathy, we lose joy, we lose lightheartedness, we lose humour, we get very intense and abstract. So. There's the choice. Can you come into the realm of feeling what you feel, but holding that in the body? Because the body has this special property of being able to experience what we call emotion as internal body, the somatic experience of energy running through the body. When we feel angry, energy runs through. We feel sad, energy runs through. We feel depressed, energy slumps. feel excited, it gets very fizzy and buzzy. Start planning the future, it whirls up into our heads and gets us very, a lot of energy goes up there. No, that's, that's the way it is. Now, is it possible to not so much go into how I'm feeling, but where I'm feeling and where the feeling goes? where the emotion goes, right? And say further, to maintain awareness of the entire internal body and the external body too, so the emotional pressure that rushes into our throats or our chests or our heads or somewhere is actually dispersed through the entire form. Right? Entire form. Simple example, can you be angry while you're aware of your feet, your fingertips and your back? Generally, if we're angry, it's going to be the chest, the face, certain heating up, very imbalanced. Can you have a balanced, overall balanced, steady awareness of your body when you're feeling depressed? Probably not. When you're feeling upset? Probably not. What would it be like if you're feeling you don't like people, it's too much going on here, I don't want this, I don't want that. Okay, fine. Where do you feel that? Feel this kind of tangly, turgid, pressurized sense in my guts, feel cramping in my chest. Okay, 
Now, can you just, yeah, that's a, can you just continue that scanning to go down to your fingertips, into your feet, into your back, widening, and letting go of the time, letting go of the time boundary, which says, get over this, get on to the next thing, letting go of the time boundary. This is really <laughs> simple, and yet our habits do exactly the opposite. When things get intense, we get intense. When things get intense, I want to hurry up and get through it, get out of it, solve it. I don't want it to be, I want to make it come to a relaxed state. So I get very tense about trying to get relaxed because it's so difficult to bear. This is what dukkha means, difficult to bear. Dukkha, ka, carry, bear, du, difficult, difficult to bear. It is difficult to bear. But in this body, there's the possibility. And this chitta, there's a possibility. Knowing the chitta is affected by passion, by aversion, by feeling overwhelmed, you know, feeling we can't manage, knowing the chitta when there's so much to do, knowing the chitta rather than those verbal emotional messages, just noticing knowing the chitta as it's affected, as it trembles, as it fragments, as it breaks up, as our sense of awareness becomes very scattered, Knowing it, placing it within the body kindly. Don't solve it, just let the body receive that. So much to do, can't manage. And spreading awareness down your back, soles your feet. Noticing when you get the unmanaged, can't manage too much, everything closes down. Your hands close down, your palms, your hands close down. Something in your body tightens up. Open up all those places where you tighten up. Tightening up is a defense. Understandable, but it doesn't work. Opening up, let the energies run through. And then we have this breathing, right there, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. And mindful of chitta, where the chitta is distracted, contracted, fragmented, elevated, these beautiful states. It's just this is just chitta going through its changes, like a chameleon. Don't fixate on any of it. And this helps us with two very fundamental um, background blueprints of our reality. One is the sense of time. We're always about to be something else. There's going to be a next hour. If you're in the evening, it's going to be night coming, and it's tomorrow. If you're in the morning, 
it's going to be the rest of the day we've got to deal with. And then we might be planning Christmas, New Year, so forth. There's always time happening to us. And we all feel we have a past. I got here, I arrived here, took me three days to, to get here. I was something, I will be something. And when we come to direct experience and put aside the calendar, right? How much of the past do you experience now? What is the past now? At any given moment, the past is just those moments which have some intensity for you. You don't remember the last 20 years, every second of it, for sure. You remember five incidents, dependent on what mood you're in now. You remember what, where intensity is for you at this particular time. That's what comes up. It could be happy, playful, horrible, poignant, anything. You remember in accordance with particular intensities, tonal, tonal shifts that are strong. We think of the future, same thing. I don't think of going to clean my teeth. I think of got to get that done by Tuesday, and then someone's going to come to see me on Thursday, this afternoon, better get that. Where there's some sense of intensity. Yeah. This is suffering. We fragment into tiny little beads, smaller items that are all qualities of intensity. We miss out the neutrality, the openness, the mystery of the, of the present moment. In the present moment, there's a possibility of relaxing the intensity, calming the intensity. Then you begin to see the past as it actually is. Regrets, nostalgia, the future as it actually is worry, anxiety, expectation. Not really objective realities, but subjective moods, colour, and create the sense of an identity, a person who was, will be, you were something, you were those moments of intensity, of happiness or sorrow, you will be something, those moments of expectation or worry or planning, because you were and you will be, therefore you are something. And you're trapped in time having to move forward in time. Wait a minute. That identity, this is called becoming. The process of time 
energy that links up these moments of intensity, these moments of expectation and regret, of feeling I haven't done enough, of feeling there's so much more to do. That which links these up is called bhava, becoming, leads to birth. Then you become a person trapped in time. And once you're a person trapped in time, you know for yourself it's going to die. People will leave me. That's sorrow. Now for the relief from sorrow, the release from sorrow, lamentation, grief and despair, Buddha, great compassion, this direct experience here and now, you're not somebody. You're not trapped in time. Awareness. Now we can look on the birth certificate and says I was born, but you don't remember it. You can look on your calendar and say I will be there Tuesday night, but you can't be sure. What you can be sure of is you're aware of these pressures, these phenomena, these fundamental patterns, and you're aware that none of them take you out of stress, suffering, loss of that which was happy, loss of the companionship which was agreeable, anxiously trying to arrive somewhere more comfortable. None of this time-bound perspective takes you out of that. In this perspective, satipatthana perspective, direct awareness perspective, you can say absolutely honestly, directly, clearly, I don't know who I am. Well, I I can realise there are memories which are very scattered and impartial and not, you know, they change. I can be aware of emotional intensities, for sure. I can be aware of hoping and wishing, certainly. What is it as aware? And can these phenomena from that place of direct, compassionate awareness be allowed to move through, no longer be fed with more identification, more intensity, no longer be fed and nourished with anxiety, identification, I should be this, I want to be that. It is possible. So we might just take, you know, just one element, one particular theme that arises for you at this time in your life. 
you know, I mean, who knows what it is, but if it's about the future, <laughs> I imagine there'd be an element of some degree of anxiety to make it happen. Even if it's just as simple as, you know, catching an airplane. Well, make sure you're on time, better plan, security, get to get the car ready, so and so, get the tickets, boarding pass, change security. There'll be something like that happening. Let alone if it's something like, you know, there's a crisis on. Or there'll be some expectation. Oh, great, I'll go and see so-and-so. Wonderful, I'll go and have a good evening with so-and-so, so-and-so. Expectation. You know, it's unfulfilled. Hoping. And it might not happen, of course. So we wear any of these and you contemplate them no longer as objective facts that are in your calendar, but as subjective intensities within your chitta. With no judgment or blame around that, just that's that. The objective reality might never happen. The subjective reality of that pressure, weight, that carrying on, can be respectfully noticed. Yes. Now, what do I, how do I relate to that? Now, how does awareness relate to this experience? Not what should I do about it, but how does awareness meet that experience? Honestly, open around it, meet that experience of anxiety or frustration or nostalgia or whatever. Imagine for most of us there'd be some kind of, I don't want, I perhaps I could, and what I'm supposed to do, just resting purely on the energies in the body. Beginning to reduce the conceptual without losing the emotion. The emotion is agitation, some kind, stirring, and sensing that in the body. Okay, not just recognizing that's all, widening around that. Compassionately, what does this experience need? Now, here and now, subjectively, perhaps it needs more space, some grounding, which the body can provide, openness, breathing, and we'll see what happens with that. We'll just see what happens with that. And what might happen is the conceptual stuff starts to disappear and you begin to recognize this pattern isn't just about the airplane tomorrow or going to meet so-and-so on Tuesday. It's fundamental craving to get something to exist in time. And I've never actually been able to find a resting place 
in time. But there's this timeless quality. One that just trust that. Ask that to help me. Go for refuge to the Dhamma, the Buddha, and the Sangha. Let's see what happens. Can be these moments when that all that whirling world, like clouds, suddenly part, and you something that's tremendously safe and generous and loving. Our true home. And through this we've also begun to learn if we can manage our own emotional pressures and intensities this is going to make our life in the world of time and place and circumstance a lot more comfortable definitely getting frantic anxious agitated overwhelmed you know always got an agenda something else has to happen I've got to get this done before I can be and only work if I get that and that and that you know I can only be happy if I get that and that and that and that and that and that we deal with a whole kind of wish list just you know begin to relinquish that say look you can be happy if you're present mindful aware in here and now in your own body Dealing, relating, accepting, understanding your chitta as it is. This will be for your long lasting welfare and for the welfare of those you meet. A grounded, sane person is a treasure in this world. A grounded, open person is a blessing to this world blessing to who you meet. This is something, is our responsibility as those who've heard the Dhamma, it's our responsibility to maintain this in a world gone crazy with greed, hatred and delusion. So friends, I offer this for your reflection and my blessings for the here and now and for whatever, however your future unfolds.